Follow-up is key to success in this business. Wholesaling, you have to follow up with your leads. Did you know that 48% of salespeople never follow up with a prospect? 25% of salespeople make the second contact and stop. 12% of salespeople make three contacts and stop. And only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. Here's where it gets really interesting, guys. 2% of sales are made on the first contact. 3% of sales are made on the second contact. 5% of sales are made on the third contact. 10% of sales are made on the fourth contact. And here's the powerhouse. 80% of sales are made on the fifth through twelfth contact. What does that mean for you? It means you need to follow up with your leads. You need to set your follow-up on autopilot by using a CRM. Visit dpipodcast.com forward slash CRM to learn more about the CRM that the discount property investors are using in their business. You can follow up with text, email, voicemails, all automatically. Get to the 5th and 12th contact faster and close more deals. Again, visit dpipodcast.com forward slash CRM. Welcome to the Discount Property Investor Podcast, where we show you how to buy real estate at a discount so you can create wealth over time and income today. Our mission is to share what we have learned from the experience of others and help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate, the Discount Property Investor way. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about a case study of a property that we just closed, and it was a property that we essentially wanted to wholesale, and then we decided that maybe we should wholesale it, and then at the end of the day, we went back to the wholesale. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be an interesting case study. Before we start, we want to encourage you to check out the free wholesale course Dot com. If you haven't listened to any of our podcasts yet, the freewholesalecourse.com is an awesome resource we put together, Mike and myself, and it is um, everything you need to know about getting started in wholesaling. So it's an awesome program. If you've listened to previous podcasts, you've probably heard us say it a time or two. Go check it out, though. That's the thing I want to encourage you to do because some people are like, oh, is it, you know, what is it, like a five-minute video or something? Like it's a quick thing? No, it's oh, literally, no. it's a complete course on wholesaling. So true. So that's why it's called freewholesalecourse.com because it is literally a free course on wholesaling. If you haven't invested in real estate, haven't done any deals, you absolutely have to go check it out. It really is a free wholesale course. Absolutely. So, you know, please. I was just checking the reviews this morning and we have over 20 five-star reviews and the reason that I mentioned that you know 20 is not a ton by any means but we're getting up there but not a single review has come in that hasn't been five stars that's awesome and I wouldn't sit here and you know and lie about that because yeah I didn't even know that well we have the ability to you know not post the ones that we don't want to post but everyone that's come in I've been like yes post because boom five stars so we just turn off that filter pretty soon let all (laughs) the reviews go through who cares that's right again once you get enough good ones it looks pretty uh, pretty cool course guys check it out we're really happy with it and uh, we're getting a ton of positive feedback so about this episode wholesaling wholesaling to wholesaling to wholesaling um this is a case study mike what was the address of this one to wholesale or not or to wholesale <laughs> that is the question right 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 <laughs> so this one was um 
it was a pretty good property. So it's a nice area in St. Louis. And because the market, and most likely in your area as well, I mean, the market is so good right now. Uh, our strategy has been to wholesale um, if we can. Uh, if the property is in decent shape in a decent area, we're going to be able to maximize our return or our profit by putting it out to more buyers, potentially a owner occupant as opposed to an investor buyer. So we're able to lock things up a little bit higher and hopefully get a higher profit margin. So Absolutely. This, so this property was in, um, I think it's technically in Baldwin. Mm -hmm. Not sure if uh, it was or not. It's uh, 509 Kerr's Mill was the address. That's right. Here in St. Louis and in, in, like I said, in West County in Baldwin. And that is just a great market. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. A lot of my friends, uh, our age group, uh, 30s, you know, 20s, 30s, first-time home buyers are really kind of drawn to this area because it's in West County, which is a higher dollar area for St. Louis, but it's not necessarily out of their price range. So it's sure. not the the top dollar area in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So again, great area for us to to try and do a wholesale deal. So this lead came in. Uh, we. We sent some direct mail. I believe this was uh, an absentee owner. I'm trying to find the... Uh, oh, the brief uh, synopsis there? Yeah, I wanted to yeah, just yeah. pull up the... Uh, sure, sure, the, the, uh, the stats. Here we, go. here we go, here we go. Yeah, so this owner was, uh, he was a landlord and his tenant was getting ready to move out and he actually lived out of state. That's right, so he lived out in Colorado, so he was an absentee owner landlord. Right, so there's multiple reasons why he was you know, motivated to sell. Uh, he doesn't want to have to come in and, and deal with the rehab. Uh, I don't believe he had property management in place, so he's doing a lot of it himself from out of state, which is a great strategy uh, for, again, depends on your, your goals. Um, but anyway, so he, again, there was motivation there. He didn't want to have to deal with it anymore. He was tired of being the landlord, uh, flew in to meet people. But what was happening, Dave, and you actually went on this appointment, didn't you? I did, I did, yeah. So he owned the house for like, man, I want to say they owned it for 25 years. And they had been renting it for the last 12. So I'm not very good with math. What's the difference on that? 17? 16? 12 and 25 is 13. 13. Oh, I'm terrible at math. Yeah, that's bad. That's yeah, real bad. You're just a <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. You're almost as good at math as you are at spelling. Right. Oh, yeah. Those two, are, those two aren't, my, aren't my strong suits. So, yeah, anyway, they owned it for about 25 years. They lived in it for 13-ish, and then they rented it for 12 and uh, they, they lived in Colorado. So, you know, the tenants that they had um, were moving out and they just didn't want to have to deal with do, doing this process again. They had been doing it for 12 years already. And you know, they were they were trying to get rid of everything they had in St. Louis so that way, that way they, when they went back to Colorado, they could stay in Colorado and they didn't have anything, you know, on their, any baggage left behind. So when we, when I went on the appointment the gentleman that sold the house to us was in town and he was showing it and the tenant was at work and um, i just want to talk just briefly about um, the competition on this particular deal the um there was there was wholesalers or investor buyers i should say is probably a better word for it, but there was other investors and, and buyers at the property when i arrived and I was at the property for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, just did a quick little walk around, took some pictures, did some due diligence, you know, as far as uh, just checking out the condition of it. And uh, there was also buyers coming as I was leaving. Mm -hmm. And the window of time that this guy had set aside for showings was, I think, maybe two or three hours. I think it was 10 to 12 a.m. 
to uh, check the property out. So, you know, there was tons of... Well, it's kind of funny too, and I don't know if you remember this or not, Dave. So uh, the Discount Property Investors, we do a ton of mail. Uh, we do a ton of advertising, and this lead came into our system. And we sent one of our associates out to go and look at the property. Oh, that's right. Well, Dave also, prior to this, and myself as well, we had all done some direct mail prior to right, merging our companies. So David actually uh, got a call from this gentleman from his previous efforts to, I guess, his cell phone. So he had set up an appointment as well. Mm. So Dave shows up and you met one of our junior associates. Yeah, so we sent one of our guys out to go buy the property. And then <laughs> Didn't mean I, to call you out on no, it, but it's no, pretty funny. You're not calling yeah. me out at all. That's a, that's a great, that's perfect though, yeah. because it just goes to show you that, you know, whenever you send a, whenever you drop a big bunch of mail and you don't get any calls right away, it doesn't mean that people didn't get your letter and or saved your letter. So that's a great point. I had mailed this guy like 15 months prior and, um, he got a letter from me, and then I joined Mike and Bill and Ray at Household Easy Properties here and a Discount Property Investor. And uh, you know we had mailed him too, so he actually called both of our letters, and I just didn't put two and two together. Um, also, on that same topic or note, uh, a good buddy of mine here in town, Jeremy, hadn't done direct mail in five years. Five. And he got a call from this guy. So it's this, unreal. This guy yeah. was essentially saving every letter that was mailed to him because he was out of state and he had a rental and he knew at some point in time he was going to have to sell this thing. I bet he did a sly broadcast every investment. <laughs> <laughs> right, he might message. have, man. He might have. So it was pretty interesting though to uh, to see all the people that were there. So yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy. Competition's of, really high is the point. Competition was super super high on this one. So, so that covers kind of our lead source of motivation. So absentee owner mail. His motivation, you know, out of state guys. He didn't want to deal with the with the turnover anymore. You know, he had some pretty decent tenants in there, but twelve years out of state, coming back and forth, he was just done. He was just right. tired of it. So, so we come in at a pretty competitive offer, and our thought is that we're going to wholesale it because we kind of knew we had bid our we had put in an offer at a price that we didn't necessarily think we'd be able to wholesale super easily. Right? right. I mean, we're higher than our typical numbers, and we do that again to be competitive. So the seller gets the best deal, but then right. also, uh, I mean, creating a win-win. That's always our, our yeah, effort. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a quick little information about it. So when we were there, we came and we'd done a previous couple episodes, I think about about credibility packet and just mm -hmm. being prepared and having comps. So when we went out there, you know, again, we had our, one of our junior buyers out there, our associates out there. So it was me and him, we kind of teamed up at that point because we're on the same team, you know, we, we weren't really trying to bait each other up. Right. But uh, we both had credibility packets with us, and uh, we asked the seller. We said straight up, "Hey, you know, what do you want for this property?" And we already had comps and knew what the the value of the property was. And he said, "You know, I'd like to get somewhere between 150 and 155 for it." And we thought that that already was a really fair offer. We didn't think that he was crazy for asking that, because we thought the property would be, you know, would be worth. Uh, you know, over 200 when fixed up and it didn't really need that much work. So with that being said, we pulled out a contract right then and there. And we said to the uh, to the seller, you know, hey, if we paid you 156 for it, will you sign our con will you sign our deal right now? Because we didn't want him taking our offer and shopping it against all the other investor buyers here in town and, you know, creating a bidding war. We're not really into the whole bidding war game especially if we can you know provide value and say listen here's what you're wanting here's what we'll pay you like this is exactly what you want that's what we're going to give you 
So in this scenario, it was it was a win-win. So we, we said, hey, here's what we'll pay you. And he said, no, I can't sign right now because I'm in the middle of an open house and I want to at least get other people through the door. So we said, okay, that's fine. We get it. We understand. However, we're going to give you a contract today for 156. And again, he was only asking 150 to 155. So we actually came in $1,000 higher than his asking price. However, we told him that he had until 10 p.m. that night to sign it. So we essentially gave him an acceptance period and said, here's what we'll pay you is more than what you're asking. But again, we don't want you shopping this offer. Like that's not really fair to us. And we just don't play that game. So if you can, if you want to sell this property to us for 156, you have till 10 p.m. tonight to sign our agreement, and we can close this deal in like two weeks. Sure enough, we called him at like seven o'clock just to follow up with him to kind of remind him, hey, you only got a couple more hours, and he had a couple verbal offers, but nothing else in writing. We were the only one that showed up with the contract in hand, and signed it and gave it to him. So sure enough, we won the deal. Right, and that again, I think is a kind of a, a bit of a testimonial to using a credibility packet or just showing up prepared, which is, if you go back and listen to the credibility packet episode, that's basically our message is show up prepared to your appointments. Be ready to win the deal. You're, you're there to buy houses. Let's go buy some houses, guys. That's the whole point of right. what you're doing. You're not going there uh, with the intent of hanging out and making a friend. Trick. You are going there with the intent of hanging out and making a friend with the seller, but you're also going there to so buy that house point. from that person. You want to help them. So again, point. be ready to do it. And Dave was, uh, as well as our associate buyer there, they were yeah, both we, there ready to we buy. Left, not only did great. we leave our contract, we left our nice little folder with our proof of funds. We had a little trifold in there. We mm -hmm. had our contract, which in this case we used a one-page simple contract. This guy, I could just tell when I met him that he was a simple guy and he didn't, I didn't think that using our state board six, seven page contract was necessary. Was necessary. Yeah. So I just had a one pager in there and I took the other contract out and shoved it in my back pocket and I pulled it out and we walked through the contract. It took me maybe 90 seconds. Here's my offer. Here's when we're going to close. It's cash, so on and so forth. And he was like, oh, this is a cool, this is great, you know, and didn't sign it right there, but we got it signed that day. So. Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, absolutely awesome. It so, was. Guys, so essentially, though, when we bought it, we knew we were, we were paying a little more than we wanted to pay. However, it was still a pretty good price. So at that point, though, we thought, all right, we're going to buy this. We're going to close on it. And we're going to either list it or we're going to put a couple grand in. So let's talk, let's talk about that real quick. So why didn't he want to list it himself? And I already know the answer. He didn't because he had the tenant in place. He, had a he didn't want to there. come back. He didn't point. want. He didn't yeah. want showings when he wasn't around. Uh, he didn't want to disturb the tenant. That sort of thing. So again, he just wanted to be done with the property as soon as possible. So again, he didn't want to listen. He didn't want to deal with that hassle. So there's again, it's we're solving that problem for him. He can come in one day. He scheduled who knows how many investor buyers to come out and look at it, and yeah, he was done with it. That's what he wanted. He just wanted to be done with it. So we solved the problem. We got him more than he was hoping to get for it. And again, win-win situation. We got a property for right. 156,000 that we thought was probably worth, I'd say mid 200s, mm -hmm. mid 240, 250. Yeah. Um, I mean, depending on how you finish the property. Right, right. And so. the property was, you know, it was, it was occupant ready. You know, it wasn't something that you're gonna be able to sell high end as far as, you know, get the highest ARV compared to the, comparable to the comps that were there, but it was livable. You could move into it today. It definitely was a dated home. They hadn't updated it since, or you know, hadn't done any work to it since they had purchased it 25 years ago. So it definitely needed some updates in terms of cabinets and flooring and light fixtures. 
you know, but all the, in all, the it was tile a, work is that, tile work that too. beautiful uh, old pink, yeah, pink and greens. And, but yeah. with that being said, I mean, it was in good condition, mm -hmm. even though it needed to be updated and, you know, have a fresh look. Um, the house was sound. The structure was great. It was clean and people were living there. So, yeah, great point, Mike. Great cool. point. So let's talk about the whole wholesale, whole tail, whole tail, back and forth, back and forth. What happened with this deal? So. Our point was, so we're primarily a wholesale company. We, I mean, that is kind of our first, uh, or our preferred method to quick cash is to wholesale most of our properties. Uh, we also do a lot of wholetailing. So in this one, we figured we were gonna have to wholetail it, right? I mean, we mm -hmm. figured we were gonna buy it a little bit higher. Okay, we're gonna have to just clean this one up and then list it. So that was really our plan from mm -hmm. day one. Uh, we brought it back to Ray and Bill. We discussed it amongst the managers and we said, well, why don't we go ahead and try to list it uh, as it is and see what we can do. Now, when you say list it, Mike, we we didn't just put it on our website and shop it to our buyers. Correct. We did do that, but that's not all we did. We listed it on the multiple listing service on the MLS. And that is legal. We listed it as owner by contract. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to disclose that, that you are actually the owner by contract. And yeah, so sometimes you're gonna have you're gonna have sellers or you know property owners that you're gonna go buy a property from that are gonna resist that. They're gonna not understand what's going on. They're gonna have a problem with it. In this case, though, we told the individual, we said, hey, we're investors. You know, we may we may you know do a rehab on this property and then sell it for a profit. We told them that from the beginning, or we may just sell it as is. And he didn't really care because regardless of if we found a buyer or not we were gonna close on it. We made that very clear. We had proof of funds in hand. We said, listen, you know, if we can flip this before we even have to close on it, good for us, we may do that. But you don't need to worry because regardless of what we do with it, we are gonna pay cash and close on it, period. Yeah, and this and was he, so a, a no-out contract. No-out contract. We yeah, had no contingencies. It was as is. So he could have essentially sued us for, you know, breach. And I think the earnest money was like Twenty five hundred yeah, or put up some decent earnings. Couple thousand bucks. So he knew he was gonna get something at a minimum. But but back to the point though is we got his approval to list it owner by contract on the MLS and that's what we did. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we list it owner by contract. Our thought is, you know, we're probably gonna have to we may have to close on it and hold it. Uh depends on who the buyer is, all that. And we actually had a side bet with one of the managers. Oh, he owes us a steak dinner, don't he? He does, he owes us a steak dinner. <laughs> We're gonna get catch up on 801 Chop House, oh, yeah. that's gonna be a good, good dinner. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So we had a side, but he said, I bet you that this is not gonna go to an investor. There's no way an investor is gonna pay more than what we paid for it. Uh, I think it's too high. Right. And I said, Bill, right now the rule is whatever you think it's going to sell for. Well, I guess we're calling them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not you, it's not me. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, you only be, got 50%. Other, right. uh, our rule of thumb, add 10,000 and send it out. Right. And that really has been holding pretty true for a lot of our deals. Uh, and we're able to pay more. So we're not really profiting that much more, but we're actually able to pay more to yeah, the Yeah, do you sellers. remember where we listed it at, Mike? I know we sold it for 180, but I think we put it out at maybe 187, I think it was 186 or 186 some, maybe. something like that. So we added a couple grand on it, knowing that they were gonna negotiate us down. And it wasn't on the market for more than what? Uh, not even a week. I don't think it was Four a week. or five days maybe. Right. Yeah, we had, and we had quite a few in, uh, people wanted to go look at it. Now we did have to coordinate those exactly. showings because it was occupied. Mm -hmm. So we, did, we weren't able to put a lockbox on it. We weren't able to, um, you know, use a super box, any of that type of stuff. So essentially, what we did is we kind of herded um, all of the interested parties into small windows. Exactly. So we you, would say, hey, you know, we're to list this on a Monday. We're going to show it Wednesday from one to three, and Friday from two to four. You know, come out and pick a date. 
and um, essentially, you know, we got somebody that walked through it and said, I want it. They were a rehabber, investor, and they uh, they said, we'll pay you 180 for it. And boom. Yeah, we said sold. Sold. So then we kind of transitioned and we said, okay, well, let's try to get a double close out of this. You know, we sold it much more quickly than we thought at a price much higher than we really thought we'd be able to. Uh, so we went ahead and again, we just said, let's try to double close it. So we were worked with the seller and now the what would have been, I'm gonna interrupt for a second. What Go would ahead. have been the advantage of doing that, Mike, versus what we had prior wanted to do? Double so, closing it. Double closing, the advantage of double closing, uh, go back and list our other ones, is you don't have to fund the deal. Zero money out of pocket, guys. Zero money out of pocket, exactly. So if you can close it the same day, you don't have to fund it. Now so, again, check your state, check your title company. In Missouri, where we live, we're able to do what's called a dry fund, double close. So if we can line up our A to B and our B to C, we essentially have zero money out of pocket. We don't need to go out and uh, hire or uh, work with a transactional funder. Mm -hmm. We can essentially just get both of the people to show up at the title company in the same day. And the C buyer, the end buyer's money just flows straight through us to the seller and we wouldn't have to do a dime. So again, we tried to set this up. We worked really hard to try to get these two dates to align which would have essentially turned our whole tale into a wholesale. Right. And that was our, that would have been beautiful. It we would have been that. beautiful. That's our Absolutely. preferred option. But unfortunately, the buyer was using the line of credit and they needed to get an appraisal, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But we were just weren't able to get them to be able to close on the exact same day. Right. And no then we've got a deal. seller that's out of state and there's Right. And so we had already made a promise to the seller and we wanted to keep our words. We said no problem. We will just close on this deal. So we went to the title company with 156 um, and bought it. And then, what was it, maybe three or four or five days later? I mean, it wasn't long, maybe a week time. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Was it, was it, was I it think it was about weeks? two weeks later. Okay, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. So two weeks later. So we had two weeks of holding costs. But, you know, we have a line of credit, so we were essentially maybe paying 12, 15 bucks mm -hmm. a day. Now the other thing, take. the other thing we want to point out too, though, is we also get the property insured. If we're closing we it, did. you want to get an insurance policy on it because, quite frankly, um, you're almost gambling at that point. You are if you if don't you have insurance out. on. It. That's a great point, Mike. So we had a hundred and what fifty six thousand invested mm -hmm. plus some closing costs. So yeah, if that uh, property burns down, we would have owed the bank that one one fifty six. Yeah, every penny of it. Right. right. So again, so it, we had insurance. I think we paid two fifty for these short term insurance policies on vacant houses. Right. We're investors, not gamblers. Absolutely, it's a so, that's a great point. Yeah, great point. You don't you don't want to gamble. That's so the true. reason the insurance is there. Right. It stinks to pay it, um, but again, it's definitely worth I'm worth it in my opinion. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I don't so yeah, long story short though, we so you know two weeks later we uh, went back to the closing table with the same property. And uh, we sold it for 180, so we were able to pay back, you know, the bank loan that we had, which was essentially the line of credit plus the interest plus the closing costs, plus the 250 dollars that we had paid to insure it, which covered our mm -hmm. our rear ends on uh, any you know crazy thing that could have happened, fire or whatnot. Pro tip: If you're going to wholesale a property, it is going to make sense for you to use the same title company if you can. Absolutely. That's a great point, Mike. Why, Fantastic Dave, Why point. do you need to do that? Well, just real quick, I'm let's give shoot a shoot from the hip here, but from what I from from past experience, if you use the same title company, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier <laughs> to insure that property um, for the, the second buyer. time yeah. for the end buyer. And the reason is is because sometimes it takes the title company a little bit of time to get all the documents recorded and get all the you know liens paid off and all that type of stuff not only paid off but like record of them being paid off 
So if you use the same title company, they already have all the paperwork to show, hey, this was this transaction was successful a week or two or whatever ago, or you could, could have even been two days ago. And whenever you're going to sell it, uh, it just kind of streamlines the entire process for the title insurance. Right, and so title insurance, and so if you went to a different title company, that transaction may or may not have even been recorded with your state uh, or your city or county or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So the other title company may not even be able to see that you own the property. So it's just- Right away, it absolutely. Can, it can create headaches, so it makes sense. That's if you can, it's gonna be a lot faster if you make sure you try to use the same title company. So just a little, such little a, heads up. Such a great tip. You, oh, you definitely great want to tip. try to do that. So yeah, to sum it up. We uh, we had a successful wholesale to wholesale back to wholesale. We mm -hmm. didn't, you know, we were trying to line up that whole sale, um, but we weren't able to line them up. But no big deal. We were able to purchase it. We paid uh, a reasonably fair price for it. We found an investor buyer that wanted to rehab it, and he got a good deal as well because he was going to probably put 20, 30, maybe maybe thirty five grand into it. But he would have sold it for you know two forty two fifty, so he essentially probably made twenty five thirty grand on the deal. Or it could be he could be holding it as a rental himself, and that's possible too. Don't that's know. very possible. Yeah. Long story short, what did we profit on that deal, Mike? How much did we make? So the gross was eighteen thousand four hundred and five, and then it depends on your interest rates and your insurance rates. You're going to have to take out a little bit for that, mm -hmm. but it was uh, pretty close to I mean seventeen and a half thousand dollars uh, for this deal. Seventeen thousand five hundred bucks. So it's important be able to pivot. Uh, make sure you kind of know your market and just roll with it. Roll Again, with this it. deal, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what was going to happen. We just knew it was a good deal. We we're going to make something of it. Absolutely, absolutely. So. And it was uh, it was a great learning experience too because, you know, not only do we get a free steak dinner out of it, which we mm -hmm. still need to redeem. We do. But you know, we were kind of testing the market a little bit. We didn't know, you know, exactly how much we would get for it if we were to list it owner by contract. And uh, worst case scenario, we figured, hell, we'll just rehab the house. Mm -hmm. We're going to get it at a decent price anyway. So we threw it out there, and sure enough, we had an offer on it. We were like, hell yeah, let's take it. This is a yeah. great offer. It's a win-win. Everybody wins. The seller won. Us as the as the middle buyer, uh, we won because we were able to make 17500 on it. But the end buyer, the guy that's going to either hold it as a rental or rehab it, you know, he got the property at a great price too. So it was a complete win, win, win. Mm -hmm. Love Absolutely. It. Great case study, Mike. Yeah. That was awesome. Guys, thanks for listening so much uh, to our Wholesale Wholesale uh, episode here. Uh, if you, again, if you haven't gone out and checked out the free wholesale course, please do that. Uh, freewholesalecourse.com. Right. Uh, you can check out any of our properties that we have available at discountpropertyinvestor.com. And uh, closing quote for the day, Dave, what do we want to end it with? Well, you had mentioned a quote to me earlier, but I totally forgot it, but I'm just going to go from the hip here. Sure. Consistent, persistent action. I've said it before in a quote. I'm going to say it again, guys. Consistently be persistent and take action, period. That is the key to success in any business. It doesn't matter if you are a real estate investor or you are teaching piano lessons out of your basement. If you are consistently, persistently acting to build your business, and improve yourself every day, you will be successful. That's great. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and get paid when you sell. Now, let's go build some wealth.